please be advised that Gen X, that was a thing, contains adult language. I mean, when you get called a maniac in the press, you know you've arrived. Welcome to Gen X, That Was a Thing, the podcast where we talk about cultural touchstones and shit that mattered to us from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. We just want to remind everyone that Jenny and I are not investigative reporters. No. Shockingly enough. Nope. Nope, not at all. We're just two dorks who really like to go down the rabbit hole sometimes, so we try to do so carefully, responsibly, and any major sources that we use will be listed in our show notes. And we do try to use reputable sources yes. when possible. Like not, what was that one that you used one time <laughs> that we were making so much fun of? Horses Quarterly or something? <laughs> Nothing against Horses Quarterly. You used that. Uh, whatever. In an index card. Okay, quarter, so quarter today... Horse, no, I used quarter horse quarterly. <laughs> Today's conversation will be about the infamous pop duo Millie Vanilli. Jen, are you excited? I'm super excited. Jen, so let's let's revisit Millie Vanilli. Here's one thing. I, guys, I have spent the last three days, in case you're not following <laughs> us, um, Jenny had COVID over Christmas at my house. Surprise! So we, we've been... Merry Christmas Eve. We've been cranking these out, and so I have spent the last three days, two days really, just knee deep in Robin Fab. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'd say it that way. Um, But one thing I noticed, Jenny, is so I was a Millie Vanilli fan. Yes, because I was a I was about thirteen when they, you know, when they were their peak. We all we already have talked about your taste in music over the years. (laughs) Okay, fuck suspect. Um. So I knew who they were, but here's something funny. I realized that I literally can only sing the title of the songs. So like, for example, I know, girl, you know, it's true, but I know nothing else. Right. Um, I know, blame it on the rain. Right. Nothing else. Here's what I know from Millie Vanilli. Girl, Ready? I'm gonna miss you. Nothing else. Ready? This is what I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's dancing, guys. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. That's what I what know. What was that? Like, you're that's right. the dance they, they do. <laughs> yeah, it's like a sway. Yeah, you're right. Little known facts about me. I'm an interpretive dancer. Yeah, okay. I can wish. do any dance from any <laughs> Lady Gaga video, mm-hmm, from Michael mm-hmm. Jackson's videos. Okay, that's moving on. In a real hard shift, Jen, our story starts with the COVID tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Not this one. I'm negative. In May 2021, an obituary for John Davis appeared on entertainment social media accounts around the world. Rolling Stone, New York Times, Entertainment Weekly. They all ran a headline similar to John Davis, dead from coronavirus at 66. His daughter announced his death in a Facebook post featuring a beautiful video of him singing Hallelujah, partly in German, because that's where he lived. And many people in the music industry mourned his loss but jen most of the world doesn't know john davis do you nope 
I mean, I know 10 people named John Davis, but I don't think there's one. <laughs> you don't know this John Davis, do you? No, no. Nope. His name's not a name that jumps off the page. He's not the frontman of a legendary rock band or world-renowned solo artist. However, most of us know him. And I'll tell you why. John Davis was born in Anderson, South Carolina in 1954 and joined the military when he was a very young man. He was 22, I want to say, because it was 1976. This is Amy Does Math as well. Wow, on the Mm -hmm. fly. Yep. He served his time in Germany, and while he was there, he fell in love and decided to stay. Now, Jenny, you love Germany. You could speak to this. So I've only been to Berlin, to be fair. But But I loved Berlin. Berlin, Germany's very different, and not that it's less good, but Berlin's Mm -hmm. a very unique city. And it's like, it's kind of the only place I think I could live besides New York, maybe. Now, have extended you been periods to, of time. Have you been to Munich? No. No, but I think I'm going there in the spring. Because a lot of people are talking about how yeah. great Munich is. Well, we have offices there. And, documentaries. And, uh, mm-hmm. They really like it. Yeah. And by we, she means Gen X. This is why it has an yes, office Yes, we have an office in Munich, Germany. <laughs> yep. John Davis Jen was born from a family of musicians. His father was a core director who played several instruments. And John knew from a very young age that music was his calling. And as a young man in Germany, he was in various bands and played in many military bars and other nightclubs around the country. Fast forward to the 1980s. John Davis is working on some bigger projects, and he meets legendary record producer Frank Farian at the Cannes Film Festival. So who's Frank Farian? What has he done? You'll see. Okay. Well, do not interrupt me when oh I'm my. telling a story. Okay, this is going to get real boring for people then. <laughs> like, I'm bored and I'm sitting here watching it. Farian is impressed with John Davis, and after Davis returns home to Germany, Farian agrees to sign his solo album if he will help him complete another project, a secret project, for which he had to come to the studio after midnight What? and record some songs for a lot of money, like a lot of money. Gen X pro tip. (laughs) If... The job you were doing is paying an unusual amount of money and you have to go there after midnight for something and record or whatever. A job that normally you do during the day. Be suspicious. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. I, I feel like Gen X pro tip, whenever you're getting paid way too much for something, be mm-hmm. specific. Be, be specific. Oh, my God. Suspicious? Be suspicious. I almost said be specific. <laughs> Jenny will do anything. Just be specific. <laughs> So David, here's how it works. Davis is picked up, driven to Farian's basement, held there till after midnight. And I know this. Upstairs. I'm feeling seen right now. <laughs> so normally, um, the a day rate for a musician would be about a thousand dollars. Thousand bucks, yeah. And he was getting ten thousand dollars. Oh yeah, for each of these. If you're sessions. getting paid, t- like if he was getting paid fifteen hundred or something, like okay, mm-hmm. it's a good company. Mm-hmm. If you're getting paid ten times the going rate, mm-hmm. something's up. So Jenny, a few weeks later, John Davis is chilling at his home, just chilling. And he turns on the TV and he hears the song, Girl, I'm Gonna Miss You, his song coming out of the mouth of Fab Morvan. Did he write it? He sang it. Okay, but he didn't write it. He did not write it. Okay, but he he sang sang it. it. He performed it. Recorded it. Yep. Wow. And here he turns on the TV and Fab, one half of the infamous rock group Millie Vanilli, is singing his wow. song. In his interview with the podcast The Hustle, which was in April 2021, which was only a month before his death from COVID, 
John says that really, quote, fucked his heart up. Because <laughs> I don't think I he, bet. Knew, he didn't know what was going on. Well, he probably, was there a contract? There had to be a contract because otherwise he could immediately sue them. There was a contract, but it was like a, a project based. Yeah. And don't forget, he agreed to release his solo album. Which so, is what John so basically, wanted more than anything. So John did the, this was probably work for hire. Yes. Okay. So he, yeah, yes. so it's not his song. Correct. But he had to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> because that just, yeah. Someone stole your voice, not your song, Correct. your voice. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So Jenny, I'm going to share with you this video because it's really something. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, I want you to watch it. And then I want you to describe, just watch a few seconds of it. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Then I want you to kind of tell the audience what's happening because this is complete garbage. Okay, okay. go ahead. I got it. Go I'm ahead. watching the video and I'm describing what I see. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing Fab looking really hot on a sailboat. <laughs> really hot. Really hot. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how hot they were because every time I feel like yeah. I saw them. Slow, slow your roll there. No, every time I feel like I saw them, they're wearing those giant suits with the big giant um, shoulder pads. Shoulder pads. So like you mm-hmm. couldn't see this body. Well, I'm I mean, not I always say, thought they were good looking. I'm not gonna say they're hot. I'm gonna say he's Fab's hot. hot. Yeah. Yes. Right. But like they were always in those goofy suits. I mean, so, like, Rob is objectively handsome too. Yeah, I, mean. I agree. So like I knew they were good looking, but like damn, when you see it like with a t-shirt on, like. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those, I'll put it in the show notes, guys, Girling and Miss You video. It's one of those, like, I'm sad, I'm sitting by myself on a sailboat, I might be in Nantucket. Poor guy with a sailboat. (laughs) I might be in Nantucket, but probably in Florida. Yeah. And I'm just right. kind of on the beach. Yeah, and then he's walking on the yeah. beach with some girl. Yeah, no, and then I, like, inex- inexplicably, Rob is painting like Jackson Pollock in the background. Probably stole that painting from someone. <laughs> but I, uh, no, like every time I, I feel like the only videos I remember them from or remember seeing them, they were in those giant like purple suits with like tons of makeup yeah. on, and they looked kind of goofy. Yeah. Even though we could tell they were handsome. It's a tragedy for me to see the dream is probably much too old to like them at the time i just they it wasn't great i mean it was okay music i didn't love it it just wasn't you were 16 you know what i was into when i was 16 so it just wasn't my thing cocaine and (laughs) men with jail (laughs) tabs oh my god (laughs) so yeah millie vanilli as the public knew them consisted of two friends models dancers fabrice fab morvan morvan who was born in France in 1966. Oh, and he's and Rob, Yep. And Rob yeah. Pilatus, born in Munich, Germany in 1965. Rob and Fabus, they were often called, met on the dancing scene in Munich in 1988. They were very good looking and they just had a really good way with the crowd. I'm sorry, they met in 1987. They also had an interest in music. Like they were singers oh really before all of this happened oh i didn't realize i thought they didn't sing yes. at all no i thought they were just dancers oh so rob actually appeared as a backing singer with the group wind at the 1987 eurovision song contest in brussels and they came in second place oh so they really kind of like clicked almost immediately and they formed a duo 
Now, they say, this is one thing, guys, when I was doing this research, I kept saying, Jenny, I'm in banana world because. Banana world? (laughs) What's banana Banana, world? Banana world is where I go bananas. (laughs) I feel like that's bananas world. (laughs) Banana world's a different place. I was going crazy because everywhere I looked, things counter, counter contradicted each other. Yeah, it's the internet. So it was ridiculous. So Rob and Fab claim that they created the name Millie Vanilli. And they say it is Turkish for positive energy. Although there's no Turkish equivalent. <laughs> okay. Put a pin in that. Okay. Because <laughs> this name comes back around. So no matter what they called themselves, Rob and Fab had a certain charisma, and they Did were you going type around it into translate to see what. It yeah, it's about. not no. nothing. No, um, they had a certain charisma, and they were like going around the Munich dance club scene, which and if it's anything like the Berlin dance club scene, is insane. And Frank Farian, he kind of saw this immediately. He was like, "They have something here." Okay. All right, now we're gonna look at Frank Farian. Who looks like the old lady from, not Gremlins, Goonies. Oh, wow. Mama, Mama, whatever. Wow. Mama Fratelli looks just like her. All right. So Frank, or he looks like Louis Anderson. (laughs) I can't decide. Frank Farian had a reputation for signing artists and not letting them sing. That's what he's known for. What? What? So basically he's like Frankensteining these acts. Yes. He's like, I'm going to find really good voices with a really good image, and I'm going to create a singer. Correct. Okay. So he's most known before this point for managing a group called Boney M. And they were really popular in Germany, yet Frank often had other musicians record their songs, or he did it himself. Oh, Lord. And they just lip synced over it. (laughs) Oh, God. Mm -hmm. But he was, like, pretty successful, and he he made a lot of money off of Boney M. Oh my god! Okay. okay, so Rob and Fab like knew nothing of this. Why would? And they? when when Frank Farian approaches them in late 1987, because don't forget this is the days before the internet. It's not like you could Google this dude. A hundred percent. They're like, wow! Like we're happy yeah. to have this sure. attention. Of course, they were probably young. They were really young. They were young and they were homeless off and on and scraping oh, by yeah. and living in a housing project. So when he brings them to the studio on January 1st, 1988, and offers them a recording contract for 10 songs, they jump at it. Why wouldn't they? Why? Mm -hmm. Of course they're going to. They jump at the chance and they sign those contracts. They sign those contracts for, I think, reports say it's a $4,000 advance for each one of them. Okay. Which Which probably was a lot. Well, but to them and at that time. To them, it was a ton of money. Yeah, and at that time. And they sign those contracts without consulting anyone. Mm. certainly not a lawyer mm. <laughs> oh that's not good oh gen x pro tip gen x pro tip get lawyer up lawyer, lawyer up, up. <laughs> when in doubt lawyer up so jenny there's a few different accounts of this story but the general consensus like i feel like i'm gonna frankenstein this story together is okay. that what it would be i think you're just writing it but that's okay no like when you take four different variations and kind of make a monster out of all four parts. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Fine. That's what I'm doing. Okay. So the general consensus is this. Frank Farian found a sound that he liked. Okay. Okay. In John Davis. And according to John Davis, Frank Farian was looking for a Billy Ocean 
type sound. Oh, that's what it sounds like, too. That's what he wanted. That okay. totally is what it sounds like. Now, Frank Farian had a bit of a reputation for cultural appropriation. Oh, no. Like, he built a Caribbean sound with Boney M. You know what I mean? And he was kind of doing the same here with the Billy and Ocean. Were, but the were the was Boney M white? Were they white people? Some. There were some, but some were Caribbean. There's a whole, okay. right, there's well. a whole, I could do a whole episode on Bodhi. Let's not hear about that. Okay. So the men who were the real voices behind Millie Vanilli were John Davis, Charles Shaw, and Brad Howell. But they were not young enough or hot enough to break into the MTV crowd because MTV now sure. is really a thing. That was a thing. Yep. yep. So that's although I have to argue that they were showing the Rolling Stones and Aerosmith on MTV and I know they were a thousand years old. I know, but they were already legendary. Yeah, that's true. Who comes out on the scene and is like, I'm 45. Do you think Billy Ocean's hot? (laughs) No, exactly. So I I don't know. Maybe the talents there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was definitely like an ageist, sexist, like, you know, all kinds of things. But as as the music industry was then but i don't like if they were this talented i think they would have well there's two things those guys who actually sang this stuff maybe could have had some Mm -hmm. had maybe don't make it on mtv but they could have some success with it it won a grammy i agree and robin fab had the look they might have had enough of a look to like be good enough to pass on mtv right Yes. Because that was more more contingent on how you looked. Yep. So he signs Rob and Fab to be the face of a group. And that's the contract they they signed and they didn't even know it. He's calling Millie Vanilli. Okay. He's saying Millie came from a nickname for his girlfriend at the time. Her name was like Ingrid and they called her Millie. Okay. Okay. And he added Vanilli to, to have a British sound. Vanilli doesn't sound British. <laughs> I knew you would have a problem with that. In that, in that, it sounds like vanilla. Is that like some kind of like tongue in cheek? <laughs> this is really British because it's vanilla. So don't forget now. Rob and Fab say the name came from an advertising campaign in Turkey, and another source, Songfacts.org, says it came from a defunct Berlin nightclub. So we don't know. It sounds mo- German is the cl- I think the thing it sounds mm-hmm. like the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever, man. So in an L.A. Times interview in 1990, Rob recalls meeting Farian on that New Year's Day in 1988 to sign the contract. He says, we got a call to come to his studio and we said, all right, that's it. We were just dumb little kids. So we said, let's go. When we got to the studio, Girl, You Know It's True was just a demo. And he asked our opinion of it and wanted to know if we could sing it. And we said, yeah, we can sing it. And he said, oh, beautiful, I believe it. But next week we have shows to do, so don't worry. Just hang in there, I'll make you a millionaire. So I don't think he put in their contract that they were not going to sing. Maybe there was just a clause in there that said that was a possibility. Like for any, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it could be like, like this is something that people do. They lip sync their own music. That happens. Sure. Sure. But my, my man John music, Bon Jovi felt victim to this. But lip syncing somebody else's music is a whole different thing. Right. It had to be in their contract because they could have sued the pants off them later. I saw an interview with a lawyer who said, like I said, I went real far down this rabbit hole. This lawyer oh was talking about it. And he said they 100% could have had that contract nullified. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't know. 
They didn't. So, why would they know? You know what I mean? Like, why uh, would they know? Yeah. So their first album, Jen, was called All or Nothing. And it was released and it started blowing up in Germany. The only problem, though, according to the real singer John Davis, is that local radio guys in Germany started recognizing his voice. Oh, because they knew And him. asking questions. Because you heard him. He has a distinct voice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Especially in Germany. That would be a very distinct sound. Yes, because he's a black man in Germany. Yeah. So he also, you know, Andy Southern. Right. Yeah. So it's like very it's not, distinct. It's not, yes. it's probably not something there's like a ton at that time that there'd mm-hmm. be a ton of. Mm-hmm. Because this is the 80s. Don't forget. Yes. So according to Robin Fab, like the rumor started immediately. Really? And they had they had to move to London to get away from the rumors in Germany. So the, the rumors were happening because the album was put out with their faces on it. Yep. Did they know it was? Did they ever record the song? Nope. So they never recorded the song? Nope. So it's not like they recorded the song and then they used a different nope. thing? Nope. They never recorded the song. Wow. I know. <laughs> Were I they know. like, what the fuck? Well, Frank Farian, depending on who you believe, like a lot of what I'm reading comes from Rob and Fab because Frank Farian really hasn't said a lot. Right, 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 right. A lot of what they're saying is like, Frank Fearing was just kind of reassuring them, like, this is how it works. You go out there and be know. the face of Millie Vanilla. They had to know that that was not okay. They had to have had some inkling that this was but not But if you're right. getting paid and you, need, and you think this is the start of your career mm-hmm. and you're that young and you don't have mm-hmm. this kind of experience, like, of course this is what you're just going to listen to this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I believe them because... The bet, like the story that would make them look better, is if they recorded it and then he duped them, right? Yes. So, like, the, what they're saying doesn't help them. <laughs> well, and according to them, they fought with him about it, and he sure. was like, "You want to sing? Fine. You have to return the advance we gave you, and we're nullifying your contract." Wow. And they could not return the advance. Right? Well, how could they? They probably they couldn't. It. They didn't have the money. Yeah. So once they landed in London. A radio host even asked them if they could sing right there on the spot to prove it to them. Oh, my God. And they made up some excuse. Like wow. Rob said his voice was wow. hurting or something. So during this time, Rob claims that he starts growing suspicious of Frank Farian. And he and Fab would beg him to record a song like, when are we going to get our chance to sing? And Frank kept kicking the can down the road, promising that if they became big enough, he would let them sing. Rob then says he looked up old members of Boney M, Frank's most popular music group, and discovered not only did they all hate Frank, but they were all poor. They were all broke. Oh, shit. And Frank had made millions off of them. That was smart of him to do. To look them up? Yep. Yeah. So, Jem, what happens next is a real series of complicated meetings and negotiations between Farian, Arista Records... Which is the record company distributing? Yeah, like how did the record company let this go on? BMG for marketing. I mean, that's a reputable. They're reputable companies. Frank, of course, everybody's saying nobody knew, and Rob and Fab are saying everybody knew. So there's so there was rumors, but everybody was denying them. Frank Farian did say that he never told Arista or BMG. Okay, because there's no way they would have done that. Those companies. I don't think so. So basically the entire time that Millie Vanilli's debut album, which was renamed Girl You Know It's True for the U.S. release, 
Okay. The whole time it's climbing the charts in the U.S., Rob and Fab are embroiled in fights to be able to sing live at their concerts and on their next album. Wow. Do they even sound like those guys? Like, what do Rob and Fab actually sound like? Do we have a recording anywhere? We have a recording that I'm going to show you in a bit. Yay. Okay. Okay. Guys, so, this is this is like I'm listening to this like a fan because I did absolutely no work for this. <laughs> so, so here's some of the tipping points. Okay, number one, the duo's first interview at MTV had people scratching their heads because when the crew at MTV heard their thick European accents, yeah, because I was gonna say if they're they were like, if they're French and German, hmm. like they're gonna sound real different than John Davis. Okay, Jenny, so I'm going to send you just a little audio bite of an interview with Rob and Fab, and I want you to listen and tell us what you hear. You don't sing on the record. You have to lip sync in front of a half billion people, right? If you don't lip sync right, it's like oil on a fire. So we were like, we were like, we freaked out. Yeah, super heavy European accent. Like, there's no way... There's no way. <laughs> like, there's no I mean, way. It's not like it would be impossible because there's a lot of singers sure. who have heavy accents that you don't hear the accent necessarily when they sing. Sure. Um, you know, they, their singing voice is different, but not. I feel like this is, it, it just doesn't match up. Like in your mind, mm-hmm. it just doesn't match up. There's no way. Now, Fab is, he has a better command of the English language, I feel like. And I think it's Rob who they had a hard time believing. Tipping point number two, Jen, is the group is invited to sing on various shows. Yeah, of course. Most notably, the, did. Yep, most notably the Arsenio Hall show. I remember show. Arsenio Hall. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and Arsenio required all of his guests to sing live, so they had to turn it down. Oh. So that was trying to raise some flags. Mm. Like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Next is a very infamous incident at a oh, live I concert think I know in... This. Bristol, Connecticut on July 21st, 1989. The recording skips while playing Girl, You Know It's True. <laughs> Everyone remembers this. It, Everyone I think it's a meme, this. isn't it? I think so. It's girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's girl, you know, it's... And it just kept going. Oh, man. And Rob panics. and in the Of course. VH, yeah. In the VH1 behind the music special, he describes that moment as wanting to die. He's like, I, I just I, wanted to die. I can't blame him. I would feel the nope. same way. He runs off stage and it was like an MTV Clubs tour. Mm-hmm. So Julie Brown was there. Oh, downtown Julie Brown. So she forced him to get back out there and finish the concert for the 20,000 fans. Okay. So that following year, Jen, on February 20th, 1999, so we're still going up on the upswing, you know, Millie Vanilli wins the Grammy for Best New Artist. Fab later says he was praying to himself, please don't call our names, please don't call our names. (laughs) But they did, and the Academy had spoken. I have an index card. So this is on, I did do a little bit of work for this, like five minutes of work. Yep. So Amy's talking about the award for best artist and there's mm-hmm. this lore surrounding the best artist award at the Grammys that it's cursed. 
Oh, yes. I read this. Yep. That, like, it's the nail in the coffin of your career. Yep. So yes. the Grammy curse is something that has been discussed in the media for years. And the legend of the curse is something that has been feared by nominees, <laughs> at, even though it's one of the most prestigious award categories, yeah. right? Um, Taffy Danoff of the band Starland Vocal Band. Which oh, Taffy. That's like in the 70s, right? <laughs> Whose band formerly won... Oh, isn't that the name of Cabbage Patch Kid? <laughs> Taffy Daria. <laughs> Whose band formerly won the award, observed an interview for the VH1 documentary in, 20, or in 2002, that winning the award was a kiss of death for the van, band, who had won two Grammys at their first sitting in 1976, but never repeated this re- performance. The curse basically states that anyone who wins the prestigious accolade will never win another Grammy in their careers. So is so this I, true? So I dug into a couple different sources for this, and I'll list them on the um, website or on the in the show notes. But basically, there's been 57 handed out since 1959. So there was a couple of years where they didn't have one, or mm-hmm. like the one was revoked. Mm-hmm. Or actually, we'll include Millie Vanilli in this. So mm-hmm. there's been 57 awarded. So for okay. the purpose of of this index card, I'm going to categorize everybody into four things. Right? This is um this actually comes from Medium.com. There's been 14, so out of 57, there's been 14 times that they've only won one. So single-time winners. One, okay. one, this was their only award. Okay. How many? 14? 14. That's not too bad. Then there's been 12 that had multiple wins at the debut ceremony, but that's it. Okay. okay. So now we're up to 26, mm-hmm. who have never won at another award ceremony. Okay. There's been two that have had long waits between their wins. That's Carly Simon, who won in 1972 and in 1990. So that's like 18 years between, mm-hmm. right? 18, 28, mm-hmm. 18. And Cindy Lauper, who won in 1985 and then again in 2013. So that was a really long time. Oh, she won for that other album in 2013, which is excellent. What was the name of that album? I don't know if I know it. It's so good. Mm, okay. And then there's three... That have had tragic post Grammy careers, even though they've been successful after their thing. Tony Braxton, seven time Grammy winner, she went on to to face various challenges, including contractual issues with her recording label, manage irregularities, and two bankruptcies. So, soon, one soon after she won the Best Artist Grammy, hmm. Lauren Hill ended up going to jail. Right? Mm-hmm. I oh, I don't know. Did she? Yeah, tax fraud, legal battles over copyright tax fraud, drug uses, and label issues. Results okay. in prison time and the disbanding of the Fugees. 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 The Fugees. I the love Fugees. The <laughs> <laughs> um, Even though she was successful. And then Amy Winehouse overdose. We know mm-hmm. what happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's some tragic endings. I would say, I would probably put Millie Vanilli in that category. Yeah. That was a tragic <laughs> ending. 100%. Yeah, so they're, they're counted in the first category as the only winner. So... Of of so that gives a forty nine percent rate of never winning another Grammy again. Wow. Okay. Which is I don't know. I feel like to me that's I guess that's pretty high. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of like you know how I feel about this the weather prediction that there's a fifty percent chance of rain. Yes. Yeah. There's no information there. No information there. Like you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's binary. Just like, it's either going to rain or not. It's either going to yeah. rain or not. Like yeah. it. it, yep. it there's no. So, but then I looked up some counterpoints because I'm like, well, you know, what's the other side of this? Like, who are the people that have won that have gone on to be very successful? Mm -hmm. So I can name 14 of them, which is the same as the people who only won once. 
Christine Aguilera, Alicia Keys, Nora Jones, Maroon 5, John Legend, Carrie Underwood, Adele, Sam Smith, Chance the Rapper. The latest is Billie Eilish. Like, these Billie are very Eilish. successful people. Is it Eilish? Billie Eilish? Yeah. So, um, love her, too. Can't say her name, mm-hmm. but love her. So, like, these people are very Esperanda Spalding. Mm-hmm. Um... These people are very popular and have done really well. So, like, there's almost just as much evidence against it. As there is for it. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. I think, given the nature of the award, like, you're basing something on one album, right? So, the yeah. the fact that half of these acts fizzle out after that, I don't think is surprising. No, it's not a it's surprise. It's just the nature of the award. Like, if it was album of the year and that happened, then I'd be suspect <laughs> right. of a curse, right? Because... You know, like that, usually that's a more established artist. Usually. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it's a new one, but mostly it's a new, it's a, you know, a, a well-established artist. So I think yes. it's just the nature of the award and just some weird superstition. I don't think there's any real curse there, but, you know, people talk about it all the time. Okay. Well, it certainly did not uh, help Millie Vanilli. <laughs> no. No. It, no, because actually it was probably... In their case, it was probably actually a curse because now there's a lot, like a bigger there's light There's a on them. L- big spotlight on them. Yeah. Yeah. So then, Jen, that was in February. So in March 1990, Rob gives a disastrous interview to Time Magazine in which he was quoted proclaiming himself to be, quote, the new Elvis. Oh, my God. That, reasoning Dude. that by the duo's success, they were more talented musically than Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, and Mick Jagger. Rob, what are you thinking, dude? Fab later says this was completely out of context and probably had to do with the lack of English skills that Rob possessed. Oh, okay, fair. So, you know, all it takes is to get a verb wrong or something. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, either way, this raises eyebrows. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't (laughs) help. Okay. So by the time the fall of 1990 rolls around, Girl You Know It's True has sold 7 million copies. And how much of this money did Robin Fab get? We'll get there. It spent 41 weeks in the top 10 of the Billboard, Billboard Top 200 and 78 weeks on the charts overall. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And there was this weird fact I couldn't really substantiate, so I didn't want to include it, but it was something like they were the first group to have three top 10 hits at once or something like that i would have to really? do a little better digging into that I feel like yeah. the beatles would have done that you would think so rob and fab are super popular and, and i remember very clearly like owning this album and listening to it and i think it's worth pointing out that a lot of their popularity actually had to do with rob and fab Oh, like yeah. They, they were the hot. dancers. They were the performers. They were the face of Millie Vanilli. They were the performers. Yes. They had a very distinctive style. They had the braided long hair. Yep. The big suits. They had shorts, usually. <laughs> the you big see, shoulder pads. You can see why it took me a while to realize they were hot. Yes. And they <laughs> danced really well. Like, they were very gifted dancers. Mm-hmm. Rob, I want to say, was a break dancer and fab was a gymnast when he was young and oh, wow. he had to give it up because of an injury on a trampoline see uh, further evidence are... that we should not get a trampoline. gen x pro tip don't, don't get, get a trampoline, trampoline. 
Because someone's going to go into traction. You'll just get sued. <laughs> okay. And you'll get sued. So Fab later talks about how they spent their entire advance that they got for the album on hair. Because they believed <laughs> that the hair was super important. He says they grew up watching Elvis, Chuck Berry. I have Barry, like a whole new respect for them now. <laughs> and all those guys that had really good hair. Yeah. And they felt like that's what they needed to yeah. do. So Awesome. It all worked. Right, now, it worked. So now it's time to start working on the second album. And the second album was going to be called Keep On Running. And Robin, <laughs> ironically. Ironically. Rob and Fab begged to sing on this record. They got a new manager who kept sending like letters to Frank Farian asking that, demanding that they be singing on this album. What? But to be fair, mm-hmm. if you were listening to John Lennon, and then the next album you buy, someone else is singing on it. <laughs> how do you even, what? Like, yeah. there's no way that was going to happen. Didn't yeah. they understand that once they got entrenched in this, that this was never going to happen? I don't it had know. to happen right from the beginning or not at all. So part of the reason they continued to go along with the ruse is because Frank had promised them this, that on the second album that they would sing. Well, and I'm and, assuming they're getting paid something. And if you listen to Millie Vanilli, especially Girl You Know It's True, there's a lot of backup singing yeah. With it, there were two women that were backup singers. Yeah. There were, So I think they thought that Fab, at least, could sing well enough mm-hmm. to sound like it. And then with the inclusion of the backup singers, yeah, they could like blend. They could make it work. Yeah. No, everyone would have known. But. Right. Because, however, I mean, people who listened to this know, uh, know every sound. Like, you yes. know every word of it. You know exactly how it sounds. Like, I could play you. Like, imagine if Bon Jovi's second album that you bought from him was a different... You would know immediately. I would know immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, Frank, Frank Farian did not agree that they were good enough to do this. And he was like, no. And then they and kept now he's arguing. got them. Now he's got them. Right. They Although kept arguing. they have him, too. They could just be like, we're going to walk away. Well, they kept arguing. And on November, we think 14th. It could be the 12th. <laughs> it could be the 13th. There's 10 different sources that say different things. In 1990, Frank Farian held a press conference and told the press he was firing them and that they never sang on their wow. first album. Wow. He did that. He, he did blew that. them up. Holy he blew shit. them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Confronted by Los Angeles Times reporter Chuck Phillips, Rob confirms the deception. He says, wow. it's true. Millie Vanilli didn't sing. I felt did like... Did he say, mis- girl, you know it's true? <laughs> he said, I, I feel like a mosquito being squeezed. The last two years of our lives have been a total nightmare. We've had to lie to everybody. We are true singers, but that maniac, Frank Farian, would never <laughs> allow us to express ourselves. Nice. Jen, I love a good maniac reference. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, I mean, when you get called a maniac in the press, you know I you've know. arrived. I know. So what came next in the next few days um, is best documented in this interview that Robin Fab granted the LA Times shortly after. They write, he writes, the author writes, on Monday, the National Academy of Recording Artists and Sciences stripped Rob and Fab of their 1989 Best New Artist Grammy. They're the only ones to have That's ever the only happen. time that's yeah. ever happened. Except, did you hear about the recent thing? No. So they just took away a nomination. Oh. For the 2022 awards. Okay. Of Mar- Marilyn Manson. Oh, <laughs> Well, it's not because of all the trouble he's in. It's not because the FBI raided his apartment. It's not because he's like a... Uh, and like abused people in dungeons and stuff. Child sex trafficker and stuff. It's yeah. not... Strangely, that's not why. Okay. They, uh, they, 
Well, that I didn't even know about that. So I was reading about this and I guess, I don't know, he, he worked with, I want to say Kanye on something and he was like some kind of writer on a hip hop song or something. But like then it be, there was a big controversy about how much he was actually involved and like, I don't know, there was this whole thing. I don't okay. think he was involved enough to... So it's to... not just because he's an overall trash person. No, that's fine, apparently. Mm-hmm. No, but this all broke right before... This all happened around the same time. Because okay. in the article, it said, well, he probably won't be at the awards anyway because his house got raided by the FBI. And, like, there was a link to click on. <laughs> and then I went to that. And I was like, wow. That happened okay. the month before this happened. Wow. That is, okay. That's bad. He's a bad, bad person. He's a bad, bad dude. Okay. <laughs> So that happened on Monday. They announced they're taking the Grammy back. On Tuesday, the duo were relegated to their own special level of Hollywood hell, publicly defending, or at least owning up to, their roles in the album hoax and playing a tape to a news conference, trying to convince reporters and the public that they could really sing. Are you ready for this, Jenny? Oh, no. They brought in a voice coach <laughs> to, oh, to no. like verify that they could sing. So why don't they read... just sing why don't they just actually they sing they did but i'm okay. just gonna read the quote from this guy they can sing up to Pavar is it Pavarotti or Pavarotti? Pavarotti Pavarotti up to Pavarotti's high c insisted voice coach Seth oh, Riggs no. who was bad. brought in to address an unruly crowd of more than 100 reporters mm-hmm. not as well as Pavarotti but they sure. did do it says Riggs so they had to bring a fucking vocal coach. In Why didn't to they just release this? a demo? They did. We'll get oh, there. Oh shit! Okay. Apparently, so, this went badly. At this infamous press conference, Rob and Fab <laughs> are agreeing to give up their Grammys. Like they're like, "We're gonna give our Grammys back." You don't um, have a choice. You don't guys. have the choice. You now. don't have a choice. They're insisting that John Davis, Brad Howell, and Charles Shaw be granted the award instead. I agree. I want to say something about Charles Shaw because I didn't get to this. I didn't know where to put it, but I thought it was funny. He starts going crazy because he was the rapper on Girl, You Know It's mm. True. I guess there's like a rap okay, part. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's that rap part. Yeah. running his mouth all over germany oh, telling people he's the real rapper and people and... are probably like you know you know that guy in the bar <laughs> and people are probably like okay and then it like all comes out that it's true so frank farian paid him one hundred and fifty thousand dollars hush money to shut up to shut him up mm-hmm. which was a lot of money <laughs> that's all yeah. i'll take mm-hmm. that i'd shut up for that mm-hmm. much so the national um so they the, you know they have this press conference they're like these three men are the real singers they deserve the grammys right jen the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences does not give a fuck what Rob and Fab want to do with the Grammy. <laughs> well, they don't. We're taking but if it, they're but if they awarded it to that song, or well, they record uh, they awarded uh, it. It's it's did real. Did those sketch. did those artists did those three guys sing all of the songs on the album? There were a couple other people too. Yeah, see, that's and where Frank Farian sang some of it, and he wrote it. It it because it's real like. Bad. It's best new art. It's like if it was best yes. song, then he right. could easily award it. But right. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Frank Farian did not respond to the press conference, but he <laughs> is on record as saying 
that Robin Fab became so cocky and arrogant that he just could not work with them anymore. And Fab talks a little bit about this in an interview. He did like this hour and a half long interview um, on YouTube. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. And he talks about like they were, you know, different women every night, drugs, sure. drinking. They're, like they were twenties. They're, they're rock stars. They were twenty three and twenty four years old, and yeah. they were rock stars. Yeah. Of course, a hundred percent. Everyone, everyone, everyone would do this. Everyone would do yes. this. Yes. So Frank was saying by the time the second album was ready, he he was done with them. Like he just couldn't <laughs> deal. So in the end, the recording world was not super surprised. No. But Jen, legions of fans felt duped by the duo and lawsuits sprung up all over the place. There's some... Wait, fans are trying to sue? There's some whiny guy in Texas who, like, starts a class action suit against them. Oh, my. For and what? And is, like, crying at a press conference. For what? You listened to a song that you liked. <laughs> yes. You heard it at a concert where people yes. danced to it. Shut the yeah. fuck up. You were yeah. not injured in this. So you have no and, standing here. And it's interesting because they're suing Rob and Fab. And Rob and Fab, I mean, they made some money off of this, but not... No. What Frank Farian made. That's who they should be suing. Yes. So John Davis in that same interview, which was really good, the hustle it was called, um, he claims that he, Brad Howell, and Charles Shaw made some money, but the person who benefited the most yes, no and faced the least fallout yep. was Frank Farian. Yep. Yep. Okay. So let's talk about after. So Millie Vanilli becomes a global joke. I mean, I'm sure you remember. Oh, like, God. No one can forget this. <laughs> there were, you know, no one late can forget night this. TV constant jokes. Oh, the Wayans Brothers on it was In thing. Living oh, Color. Oh, yes. They, they totally yes. do them. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're yelled at in public. They're like run out of town. Like Because their face is all over this. Out of here. This yes. is whose face is on it. Yes. So in 1993, Jen, they attempt a comeback with oh, the album yeah. Rob and Fab. It tanked, but I do have I do have a video. I want to hear what they sound watch. like. And you are well. Let me just show it to you, and then I'll I'll get your impression. So let me send it to you. I'm gonna take a little pause while Jenny watches this, and we'll come back and hear what she has to say. title of it is we can get it on first of all they look way better he sounds like michael jackson it's interesting that you say he sounds like michael jackson because what are you observing there what do you mean it's mostly fab singing yeah rob is hardly rob singing in the background yeah he's hardly on the vocals but can i just say that as much as that's not my kind of thing (laughs) that would have been popular i think it tanked. I think, but I think it tanked because of all this. Like, yes. if they had released that in the eighties, I think it would have been popular. I think if they had released that ten years later, there no. would have been a nostalgic. Well, maybe, but like, I feel like the music doesn't feel of that time. Like yeah. that is music of the eighties. Like, if they had released that in the eighties, I think it would have been good. 
The irony here is they probably would have been successful. Yeah, they probably would have been. Yeah. If they had just, They're, you know. They look really good in that video. <laughs> Here we like go, the, Jenny. The, calm down. <laughs> the music is good. Jenny the needs dancing to be was great. off after like, this. <laughs> like, that would have fit right into, like, the Madonna, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson yep. era. Like, that would have fit yep. right in with that stuff. They, I think yep. they would have been successful. I think the reason it flopped is because of all the shit that happened. It was too yep. soon after it. But yep. if you released it too late after that, it's not... It's not of the odds. Right. It's not. Right. Yeah. So Rob and Fab first told their sides of the story in the premiere episode premiere episode of VH1's Behind the Music in 1997. Remains to this day one of their highest viewed episodes. I mean, is, is Jim Davis's voice better? Yes. John? John Davis. Is John Davis's voice better? Yes. Yes. But like... They would have, with their looks and the whole scene and the dance, yep. like they would have, they yep. probably would have been successful. Think about all the guys in the hair ba- hair bands whose oh, voices were sing. garbage. None of them could sing. But they had yeah. the package. Well, not none of them, but mo- most of them could yes. sing. Yes, yes. They had the Did package. Did they have the package? Strapped, package? Tight, <laughs> strapped up tightly in their leather bands. <laughs> and they were out there. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like this would have done well had this just been what hit the scene. Mm-hmm. In 86? Is that when it started? 88. 88. If this mm-hmm. had hit the scene in 88, I think it would have done well. Mm-hmm. So later, Jen, in 1997, so we're almost 10 years after this, okay. Frank Farian agrees to work with them again. What? On, what idiots? On a are new you kidding album, on which they are the lead vocals this time. Are they out of their... This guy fucking ripped them off and made them like a global joke. And it they worked with him again? The biggest injustice he did to them was naming the album Back and In Attack. No. What the fuck does that Guys, even mean? What the fuck? So, Jenny, it never what really Ra- got What up. Rob and Fab did on their own was so much better. So much better. Working with Rob, though, was not easy. The failure <laughs> and the ridicule was way too much for him to handle. He slipped back into addiction. He did a small stint in jail for assault and vandalism. Mm. And on April 3rd, 1998, on the eve of the promotional tour for their new album, Rob was found dead from alcohol Ugh. and prescription drug overdose in a hotel room near Frankfurt. He was 33. That's so sad. That's young. He wow. had kind of an interesting life. Like, he spent a lot of his childhood in an orphanage. He was adopted. Oh. Like, I think he had some things... To process through yeah, without having all, all of this Milli Vanilli yeah. bullshit on top of it. Wow. That's sad. Um, and the album was never released. Hmm. So it's still there somewhere. Now, <laughs> the real Milli Vanilli. Frank Farian did release that second album after all. And instead of putting Rob, Rob and Fab on the cover, he put John Davis, Brad Howell, Charles Shaw... And some of the back group backup singers on the cover, and they called themselves the Real Millie Vanilli. No. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it did not go well. Well, because I mean, it, it ruined was, it for everyone. It was like a mild success in Germany, but but the like, whole thing got tainted for everyone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was not great. The sad and, part is that group of people is very talented. Rob and Fab are decently talented. If they had just done their own things, they probably all would have had some level of success. Yes. So Fab did go on to some mild success. He was a DJ for a while. He performed with John Davis. They did Girl You Know It's True together. Oh my God, that's hilarious. 
That I feel like that I feel like is the only remote chance at it being somewhat making it somehow okay. Okay, I'm gonna send you a current picture of Fab. Oh no, are you gonna ruin this? <laughs> Just so we could talk about it. <laughs> oh no, he still looks good. He is yeah. hot. Yeah. Right? Oh my god. Like there's an open. I don't know interview. why they put all those stupid giant shoulders and makeup on them, like God. Um, Oprah did a big like behind or not behind the music. Oprah did a big like where are they now? With them, and he mm-hmm. had short hair and a little faux hawk. Oh my god! Yeah, damn, He's really good looking. <laughs> he so, looks better with short hair, I think. <laughs> he really does. I don't know; so, it's hard to say. He looks really good with. Dre- he has dreads it, in this other picture. He looks really good. He was pretty successful DJ for a while too. Like he, you know, had and he DJ was a Fab? studio musician for a while. DJ Fab. I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, and he was a studio well, that's his musician. Name. For his a while. name is Fab. Yes, it is. Yes, his name is Fab. Yeah. yeah. Jen, this is how much Jenny's comprehended of what I've thrown at her so far. His name is Fab. <laughs> it's not like Tears for Fears, although, <laughs> although um, my friend says, "Was it Tear or Fear? <laughs> which one's Tear and which one's Fear?" And if you want to see Tears and Fears in action, beating tears up Leah Thompson, <laughs> beating up Leah Thompson. Visit our uh, recap of Howard the Duck. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Forgot about that one. All right, Jenny. So most of the singers, um, the backup singers and the musicians who were the real Millie Vanilli, they had mild success. You know, they sure. were pretty much like recognized musicians in their own right. Like John Davis. John Davis was really well known in Germany, really well respected until the COVID got him this yeah. year. But show like showing me that video of Robin Fab like they definitely would have been a hit in the eighties like yeah. maybe a one maybe a one hit wonder I don't know but they we, definitely would have had some level of success. We don't know how much studio production their voices went through there. Sure, but that's not but unusual that's either. Common, everybody yeah. does that. Yeah. yeah, there's some people yeah. that when they sing on the road, you're like, what? <laughs> o- only I sing. Blame it on the rain. Okay. You know, without being <laughs> like the auto tuned. That's good. <laughs> Um, we all know about what happened when I went to the Bon Jovi concert, the huge letdown there. So I'm all about the auto-tuned production. Yeah, we're okay yeah. with that. Okay. So Frank Farian has gone on to produce a musical called Daddy Cool, which oh, was a Lord. big Boney M song. It features the music of Boney M and Millie Vanilli, as well as some originals. And it was quite successful and toured for a few years. Is it on London's West End or in London's West End? In? Probably in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and toured for quite a few years in London's West End. Uh, he lives in Florida, and he's 80 years old, and he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So that's it, Jenny. That's the story behind Millie Vanilli. So COVID didn't get that guy? COVID didn't get that. COVID never gets the ones we wanted to. <laughs> nope. So what'd you think? Were you surprised? Did you know most of this? I did not know most of this. I knew some of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that they ever actually sang. Like, I thought that was always the plan. Was, like, he hired, like, models and dancers to, they like, sing. sing. Like, I didn't know they were really actually singers. Yeah. That wanted to sing. <laughs> so it was interesting because um, my husband, Timmy, and I were talking about this a little bit last night. And I was saying... I don't think that if this happened today that as much blame would have been on Robin Fab as it was back then. I agree. Then. Yeah. 
We just look at exploitation differently Yes, now, we do. Don't yep. you think? And these guys were clearly exploited. Clearly. They were. I mean, do they have some culpability? Because sure. they knew and they didn't expose it. Sure. Sure. But the, think of the power it. dynamic yeah. there. Like, what are they going to do? Well, and then, like, it sounded like they wanted out. And then they were told, like, oh, you got to pay us back. And, like, you know, and, like, mm-hmm. they just couldn't get out. Like, it yeah. sounded like they, they wanted to in the initial stages of it. Yeah, we we have so so to answer our question, is this still a thing? I don't think it is. I don't. I don't think. think I don't think this would happen today. Not like not not like this. The event itself might happen, but I don't think you would see the same kind of fallout. You wouldn't see the fallout. I I think Frank Farian would have been the bad guy. Well, and I think that it like I feel like I this could happen today, but it would be more upfront where it's like they just hire people to like perform things. (laughs) Like, I could see that happening. Sure. Sure. Why But, not? like, I feel like we'd know or, like, be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, just think about it. There's people who sing songs mm-hmm. who didn't write it, who don't play the instruments on it, who didn't create it. And we yeah. accept that totally fine. Yeah. Where, like, musicians might be like, what, like, at first, we're probably like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. You know, like, Madonna was a singer. Yes. You know what I mean? Like Prince wrote some of her songs and shit. Yeah. She was Prince a singer. Wrote a lot of fucking songs. That's really different than Lady Gaga, who writes all her songs, plays her music. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. we, we fully accept that. Why would it be so hard to accept the next level where it's like they're doing the stage performance and the dancing and they're just lip syncing the song? Yeah. I don't know. I could see it happening today, but you're right. I think, I think there's a lot more transparency and yeah. it would need to be more obvious. Yep. All right, guys. So I hope you enjoyed um, this episode on Millie Vanilli. Girl, you know it's true. I know That's it's what true we should now. name the episode. Girl, you know it's true. Girl, Girl I'm going to miss you. Can you imagine? <laughs> you put your blood, sweat, and tears into recording this song in your home watching TV and somebody else is singing it. And somebody wins the Grammy for it. And you had it. no idea. Wait, and, and somebody like, wins the Grammy for it. Could you yes. imagine that day? In the Oprah episode, the Where Are They Now, the Real Millie Vanilli, yeah. a lot of the background singers are like, we won the Grammy. We were so excited. But like they couldn't yeah. be part right. of it. They didn't actually win it. They no. didn't actually win it, but they did. But they did. <laughs> it's real Well, weird. but again, if they had won for best song, I would I would argue with that more. Best artist encompasses a lot. Right? Best new artist. Best new artist encompasses and a like lot. And like you said, a lot of those guys were already established. Yeah. You know? All right, guys, so if you like what you hear and you want to hear more of us talking, uh, please check out our main podcast, which is Gen X This Is Why, um, where we cover Little House on the Prairie currently. Less and controversial other, than this. And, uh, and other media that um, really shaped us in our Gen X childhood. And we also have a separate feed called Gen X This Is Why Blockbusters, where we cover movies. From the 80s and very early 90s and late 70s because we did some late 70s movies. Mid 90s. We're starting like pretty soon we're going to be covering Titanic. So just wait for it. (laughs) Everything leads to Titanic. (laughs) Jenny and I will find a way. We will find a way. That will be a four hour podcast. (laughs) And it'll be all Jenny's index cards. (laughs) It'll be me just talking about the historic China, the way the who built the staircase. Because I like the whole history aspect. I hate the... I hate the Rose and Jack story. I'm all into hate, the Rose and Jack. I'm I here hate to all that garbage. I think it's it. trash. I hate it. <laughs> I just like the whole historic part of that movie. It's historical fiction, Jenny. It's, it's dumb. It's okay. It's stupid. It's okay. It could have never happened. Okay. 
All right, guys, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Hey, guys, after Jenny and I concluded recording this episode and I was editing it, it occurred to me that I had never shared with you the audio of Rob and Fab actually singing Girl, You Know It's True. So this is on YouTube. It's from a 1990 demo. So here it is. I'm going to play it for you now, and we'll use it to play you out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. Like up my dick.